Welcome to The Lens, hosted by Catalysis, where we get a glimpse inside healthcare organizations that are transforming to a culture of improvement to deliver continually higher value outcomes for patients, staff, and communities. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens for more information about Catalysis. Thank you for tuning into The Lens. I'm your host, Peter Mariahazi. Today, I welcome Dorothy Hung, PhD, the director of the Center for Lean Engagement and Research at the University of California, Berkeley, CLEAR. CLEAR is a partner of Catalysis in providing objective academic research in the application of lean in healthcare. Today, we will, uh, we will hear about recent research CLEAR completed through interviews with healthcare leaders on the benefits of using a daily management system during the pandemic. Dorothy is coordinating a clear symposium on the data and research results the day before the Catalysis Healthcare Transformation Summit in June of 2022. Dorothy, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Peter. It's wonderful to be here with you and your audience. So first, you know, not everybody's going to have learned or know about clear. Introduce yourself and, and clear to our listeners, if you would. Sure. Yes, uh, you know, it's really a pleasure to be here, as I mentioned, and ultimately, I hope this information will be helpful to those who are in the healthcare field, uh, those who are running organizations, providing patient care, and always looking for ways to improve what they do. So I've been conducting lean research for about a decade now, when lean management was still relatively new to healthcare. My PhD, as you mentioned, is in health services research from the University of California at Berkeley, where I'm so pleased to be back now, uh, carrying forward the work of my former professors, Dr. Tom Rundall and Dr. Steve Shortell. Uh, this year, I began to serve as director for a center they founded about five to six years ago now. It's called the Center for Lean Engagement and Research, or CLEAR for short, uh, based in the Berkeley School of Public Health. And there's just so much we can do through this center to impact the field. A lot of the experience I bring to the center comes from industry and health system settings. So I was a principal investigator or a principal scientist at Sutter Health in Northern California, was based mainly at the Palo Alto Medical Foundation, which is the largest uh, physician-led affiliate of the Sutter Health System and largely ambulatory. I was there for about 12 years. Uh, prior to that, I was at Columbia University School of Public Health for a brief time, uh, just a few years for family reasons. We were out there in New York City, but I've always retained that academic bent to applied research and everything I do uh, from that perspective is to really try and equip healthcare providers in organizations with rigorously conducted research to inform practice while also contributing to knowledge in the public domain. So um, thanks, Peter, for that opportunity to share about myself and CLEAR. Well, and CLEAR has clearly done, you know, a huge amount of research, and you have a large trove of statistical data from healthcare organizations. This work that we're talking about today is more detailed in that it was done through interviews. Walk us through that, and what, what was that like? Yeah, this was a different kind of study in that it was qualitative in nature. So there's quantitative research, which is 
you know, based on hard numbers and metrics and relationships that are only statistically significant at P of less than 0.05. And then there's qualitative research, which is often based on talking with people through interviews and focus groups. Uh, we never reveal the names of the individuals who granted the interviews and provided the information to us, but we might name the organizations that are sharing these lessons learned and showcasing their work. So uh, for this qualitative research, we conducted interviews with 46 individuals from two hospitals and two health systems that are members of our Lean Action Research and Learning Collaborative, or LARLC for short, uh, which by the way, just completed its first round of learning and we're now recruiting for a second round. So to those who are listening, please reach out to us or Catalysis, uh, our close partners hosting this podcast, uh, if you're interested in either lean research or education and training. So the four organizations in our first round of the collaborative included Indiana University Health, University of California, San Francisco, or UCSF Health, Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital and Lancaster General Hospital in Pennsylvania. We interviewed a range of people for this study on their use of a lean daily management system during the pandemic. Our interview, our interviewees, sorry, um, included senior executives, clinical leaders and medical directors, unit or clinic um, practice managers, and frontline nurses and physicians in hospitals. So the ED, the ICU, also in outpatient primary care practice. So really the whole range of leaders and frontline care providers. And they all had really interesting things to say about their lean daily management system or DMS for short, which is a um, set of practices and tools that help ensure good, reliable, work processes at the front lines. And uh, they spoke with us about how they used their DMS to combat challenges, especially during the early days of the pandemic. So obviously in a podcast, we don't have the opportunity to see the breadth and, and width of the entire report as you summarize it. But can you share with us some of the key takeaways from that research that some nuggets that you got from those, those that you interviewed? Yeah, well, there there were so many, Peter, but if I had to boil, boil it down into a nutshell, I would say that in interview after interview, we heard that the daily management system served as a really valuable structure that helped contain the early chaos of COVID-19 uh, by providing a way for these healthcare organizations to respond to very real challenges that were uh, highly fluid and dynamic. So you know, things were constantly changing every day, uh, multiple times a day during that time. And the challenges were complex. They were unprecedented for those we spoke with who were at the front lines. There was no pre-existing game plan except to develop it on the fly in response to the, you know, public health emergency. And the lean management system really provided them tools to do that quickly and effectively. You know, as, as we were preparing for this podcast and you shared with me some of the information, th there's some pretty cool, give, give some specific examples that um, were shared in those interviews of how that helped them 
through the pandemic because it was a time of learning for everybody. Yep. Okay, so let's take incident command first. In hospitals and health systems around the country, incident command was a primary mechanism for leaders to provide instruction to their staff and physicians at the front lines uh, based on incoming data throughout various parts of their organization. So how many events in the ICU that day, the amount of ED overflow, available bed count, staffing shortages or needs and, and how to reallocate, amount of patient time in waiting rooms, how to handle all of that with physical distancing, et cetera, et cetera. It was a crisis situation that required constant monitoring and communication. The lean DMS with its built-in structures and practices like tiered huddles where you've got representatives from leadership and frontline care getting together every day. And like I said, given the circumstances, huddling maybe multiple times a day. This aspect of the lean DMS was instrumental in enabling the information and the instruction to flow in both directions up and down the organizational hierarchy across units across locations of the health system one of our uh, senior leaders at indiana university health said that their dms provided a quote unquote comparative advantage in that it was in essence a built-in platform for monitoring status and communicating plans about what to do they just plugged their incident command into their dms and the existing lane machinery, the connections were all right there to support their incident command system. Similarly, uh, one of our executives at UCSF Health described how all of a sudden people who may not have been previously aware of the lean DMS, their eyes were opened to the power of it uh, as a very effective enabler of rapid communication. So for example, their chancellor would call in the chief executives would call in every day to develop a plan that would then get transmitted throughout the organization uh, through floor staff huddles that were happening at the front lines. Also, there was a much greater appreciation for their uh, DMS's focus on measurement and accountability since that would feed into how important decisions were made. Um, another important aspect, and this is the last one I'll mention about the DMS and how that was relevant to COVID rapid response, is the development of standard work processes and continuous improvement of that work. For example, using PDSA, which stands for Plan, Do, Study, Act, Rapid Improvement Cycles. So examples where this came into play included allocation of PPE, when, where, and how to distribute that, what to do if employees were exposed to the virus or concerned they may be ill, um, standards for room cleaning, inpatient visitation policies, outpatient telehealth protocols, you name it. In fact, one of our medical directors at San Francisco General, very interesting, sort of uh, recounted how when the pandemic first hit, all ongoing pre-COVID standard work and improvement initiatives got put on hold. And it was really uncertain as to whether any of that would even be applicable anymore, given the crisis mode they were in. But right around one or two months into it, they realized that DMS improvement work was absolutely the right way to respond to the pandemic. Interesting. So 
you know, how many of the organizations, you know, you mentioned when you talked before about how there were other individuals within the organization saying, hey, a daily management system, this is, you know, they, they became believers, if you will, mm-hmm. about the effectiveness of it. So have you heard how are many of those organizations using what they learned about the use of a DMS in a stressful situation? How are they going to use that moving forward? Are they, are they looking at spread? What, what are your observations? I think that's a great question, Peter, because it goes to something we learned in our interviews that we didn't expect to learn. And that is while COVID was terrible, uh, you know, making DMS so heavily relied upon just to get through each day in the process. And I alluded to this earlier, people's eyes were really opened to the value that a DMS structure brings to daily work, pandemic or no pandemic. Obviously, using these practices will be all the more critical in stressful situations, and I know they continue to be used for COVID. Uh, For example, incident command systems were reactivated for the Delta variant this past summer. But I want to mention that they can also be very useful in responding to other issues of our day, including how to deliver care under value-based payment models, how to address social determinants of health in providing more equitable, equitable patient care. Um, so these are all issues that DMS can be applied to uh, when designing standard care processes that are efficient and that promote alignment between what happens on the front lines and what the overall strategic priorities of the organization are. That's great. So Dorothy, do you have any final thoughts you wanna share with our listeners? Well, we weren't able to cover everything today uh, that we learned from the four members of our Lean Research Collaborative, so I encourage listeners to look out for our full article that'll likely come out later this year. Uh, It's titled Managing Through a Pandemic, DMS Use for COVID-19 Response and Recovery. And if anyone's interested in getting involved with similar research as part of our collaborative, or maybe if you're just getting started on your lean journey and need help with education and training, uh, please contact us at either the Center for Lean Engagement and Research at UC Berkeley or Catalysis, of course, host of this podcast, The Lens, uh, for lean coaching and training, and maybe we can collaborate together. So thanks so much, Peter, for having me here today. And it was just a real pleasure to share our learnings with you. Well, Dorothy, thank you for joining me today. And I've really enjoyed the storytelling approach that you use. Thanks, Peter. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into The Lens. Catalysis offers in-person virtual workshops as well as coaching on creating a lean management system. To learn more, visit createvalue.org slash workshops. And as always, stay tuned for more episodes designed to help healthcare leaders support their organizations on a journey to excellence in organization. Thank you for listening. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens to learn more about how catalysis can inspire you to accelerate change in your organization.